Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores! The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sowright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores! Doing his best, Jack Eichel. Finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Let's get at it. Let's get ready to go. We got a big weekend for the Vegas Golden Knights. Nevada Day tomorrow afternoon, three o'clock start at T-Mobile Arena, and then the five o'clock kickoff on Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets. So it's Anaheim and Winnipeg, and then the teams on the road for a few games. Uh, hitting uh, out east, uh, Metropolitan Division, starting with the Washington Capitals. So the first extended road trip. Uh, did you know this is only the third best start? In franchise history through eight mm. games. That's I, impressive. I didn't that, know that. <laughs> that as good as they've been yeah. through eight games, yeah. and it's still only the third best start. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, this is an organization that's that's really just known nothing but success. And, you know, it, it's a testament again to to what happened year one, but what the Golden Knights have been able to do in following that up year after year. Uh, Vegas against Anaheim. That is a team right, right for the taking tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, and for me, like with the Golden Knights going into tomorrow's game, I, I think that this is an opportunity right there in front of them. You've got uh, a chance to to play against a team that, on paper, you should beat. And the Golden Knights, so far this year, have taken care of such games. So I, I'm really interested and curious to see how the Golden Knights come out tomorrow. A uh, wild few days, uh, all kinds of hockey action across the Las Vegas Valley. AHL game tomorrow uh, over at the Dollar Loan Center with Henderson playing at 11 a.m. Then you got the VGK in the afternoon. You got the great uh, USA Hall of Fame game on Saturday between UND and ASU, the number six ranked and University of North Dakota on Saturday night. Uh, we'll talk, chat a little bit more about that. And then the uh, Sunday matinee or mid matinee, if you want to call it that. Uh, 5 o'clock start against the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll get uh, all over it. John Shannon is going to join us, the former executive producer of Hockey Night Canada. Uh, Winnipeg is in Arizona tomorrow. There's mm-hmm. a lot of talk on social media about the locker rooms in Arizona. Yeah, It's temporary. It's not the greatest situation. So there's <laughs> they've, they're playing in the small rink for the next couple of years, the Coyotes yeah. at Mullet Arena. Yeah. Uh, the the NHL can't use the ASU facilities. It's not allowed. Right. So they have to build new dressing rooms at Mullet Arena. They're not ready as of yet. So what the National Hockey League in Arizona is doing is they got special permission to put up some temporary rooms inside on the other pad. So it's a bunch of pipe and draping, and yep. uh, then they go inside the... They have to walk over the showers and that kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, chuckling going on right now some of it is a little bit of cheap shots others uh, i, I kind of get it a little bit where are you on it 
I mean, I know it's temporary. Like, I'm not going to judge everything off of what's going to happen over the course of these four games. There's a reason why the Arizona Coyotes are going to be going out on, on, what is it, like a 20-game road trip, something like that. Well, they played six. They played they're six home so, for four, and then, and then they're gone for 14. And then they're gone for 14. So you're you're talking about more time to get the, the actual facilities taken care of. And, you know, again, I, I, I have my own feelings about playing – at ASU, I have my own feelings about playing in in that type of uh, that type of arena. Um, but again, like I, I just I think that you know, top to bottom, I'm not going to kill them on this. Like y- y- it's a temporary situation because the 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 actual facilities aren't built yet. And like I don't know, have you seen anything for the Coyotes dressing room yet? Like, I haven't I, seen their their room yet. I, I don't know whether it's ready or right, not. Either. Exactly. Yeah. So like I, I mean, listen. It's all fun and games. Like I know that you know, kind of poking, poking fun and, and taking shots at Arizona is is kind of the thing to do. And um, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Like we'll see what it looks like come you know late November, early December at ASU. What that looks like for the Arizona Coyotes and the and the the visitors that come in to play there. It's funny that ASU is here on Saturday yeah. night yeah, it playing is. at the National Hockey League facility. Mm-hmm. And the Arizona Coyotes are at home on a Friday and a Sunday, uh, I believe, uh, playing uh, at the Mullet Arena and that brand new facility. So the the optics is a little odd. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it would have been interesting if it was the Golden Knights, right? Uh, going to going to Mullet Arena um, for sure. But it, to me, I, I think it's an interesting one. Uh, you're right. It, it's funny that Arizona State University is going to be in town over the weekend, and you've got the Coyotes uh, christening their first game at Mullet Arena. Fun stuff going on there. We'll keep track of that, and we'll chat a little bit more with John Shannon uh, regarding uh, where the Coyotes are in the uh, avenue of unique places to play and rather different setups because I remember a time when coaches would get locked out of ranks because they took a wrong turn. Uh, Let's talk about Tampa Bay when they first started uh, in the National Hockey League. And a coach ended up outside, basically in the parking lot, uh, because of that setup. And uh, we know what happened in, uh, like, Miami. There was the rat killed. There's all kinds. uh, The Ottawa (laughs) Senators, when they returned to the National Hockey League, uh, they played in a junior hockey facility for for the first couple of years before Mm -hmm. their facility was ready. So this is not new to the NHL. You'd like to think... Every time it happens, it will be the last time sure, uh, yeah. to occur. But yeah. uh, but uh, Shani's seen it all, so yeah. he'll have some uh, some great reflection on uh, on different places that the the, the Calgary Flames were at the uh, the old uh, corral uh, mm-hmm. and on the uh, Stampede grounds before, and that that one was was cool because it had really high boards. Yeah, like you couldn't jump the boards to get into <laughs> the bench, and if you jump the boards to get over the bench. You had an even bigger fall down to the ice, so it took some getting used to. You know, you see guys with their legs up on the boards doing the stretching, like the hamstring stretching every now and then mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. a heel up. Uh, you couldn't do that uh, <laughs> at the old Calgary Corral. So there's there's some some wild places that we've witnessed. Yeah. So you, like, are you? Where are you at with it? Like, I mean, it's it's pipe and drape. It is what it is. But like, there's there's still stalls. You're you're gonna have to just kind of get through these four games. Like, where where you? It's four games. Where where? And I gotta get to the bottom of whether the Coyotes are actually on the same pad 
like their rooms at one end of the rink and the visitors are at the other end of the rink. If it's if it's that case, that's going to be odd. If say the coach mm-hmm. is screaming at his team or giving instructions to his team, are you going to be able to hear in the other room? Like th- that part is going to be unique. I, I I've never encountered that part before. Yeah, I, it'll be it'll be an interesting experience. I, I think that for the fans in attendance, like everyone that's going to go to the games there at Mullet Arena at ASU, I think that that's going to be a really interesting experience. I think even for players, once they get on the ice, once they're in that situation, in that environment with the fans right there, I think it could be really fun and and intriguing and different in the in the context of an NHL game. But we'll see how it goes for the Arizona Coyotes in their first season there. You talk about facilities, the the one that UND plays out of is outstanding. Mm-hmm. It is outstanding, and right now we've got Jody Hodgson, the event producer for the UND and Arizona State game that is coming at you this Saturday at, at T-Mobile Arena. Jody, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. You know, I, we're, we're glad to have you out here. I, I know that maybe you can give us a little bit of background on on your involvement uh, in this game. It's a, it's a USA uh, Hall of Fame game as well like just kind of give us a little bit of background on what's going on on saturday yeah it's the u.s hockey hall of fame game so it's a game that happens every year two college teams take part in it and uh it's a it's an extra game that the college teams get to play as a fundraiser for the u.s hockey hall of fame in Evelyn, minnesota but uh it's an important game like it counts in the pairwise it counts in the uh regular season records so it's going to be North Dakota and Arizona State on Saturday night. It'll be a uh, highly contested game. You guys play a destination game every year, and this is the U.S. Uh, Hall of Fame game. Uh, are, are they always together, or does it just happen that they're both at the same time? Yeah, they're usually together. The Hall of Fame allows us to do an exempt or an additional game. So we've been to Madison Square Garden. We've mm-hmm. been to Winnipeg. We've been to Nashville. We were in Las Vegas in 2018 at the Orleans, and we're at T-Mobile on Saturday night. How is this trip, in your eyes, going to differ from the first time you were in Vegas? You know what? It's going to be a lot bigger, right? We're playing in the bigger building. Our uh, ticket sales are really, really strong. We're nearing a sellout at T-Mobile. I think it's our destination games, and the uh, the nature of the Hall of Fame game has grown, so I think it's, it's bigger and... Uh, it's bigger and more uh, more people involved for sure. What do you think the work productivity is going to be like on Monday back <laughs> at home? You know what? I think it'll be pretty low with the yeah. uh, nine o'clock puck drop Central Time for our fans. I uh, don't think there'll be much get done Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, I carry that over to Monday when half the state gets gets back. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So uh, this is uh, Jody Hodson. Mm-hmm. Right? It is, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I want to make uh, clear on that because these guys don't know that you and I go way back. Well, you and I don't exactly go back. It's Darren Millard along with uh, Ryan Wallace. Uh, but but the Hodson Millard families, okay, way, way back. Jody's from Bozeman. Hmm. My grandfather was from Bozeman. His brother Jason and uh, play, and I played against each other all growing up, uh, and then we played together a little mm. bit to, in junior A. Uh, I know his family. He, uh, Jason, knows my family, mom and dad, and stuff. It's kind of cool that we get to connect uh, right here in Vegas, buddy. Yeah, you know what? What a small world, right? Yeah. Uh, all roads lead to the Bozeman Hotel there, and all roads <laughs> lead to 
Bozeman Hotel. My 18th birthday, pal, shooting pool at the Bozeman Hotel. You and me both. I like it. I like it. Yeah, we're really uh, we're really excited to be here. And the other uh, the other great thing about it, right? Lots of Manitoba ties with you and Kelly here and uh, Zach White Cloud. There's there's lots of good Manitoba blood running around Vegas these days. So what's Brother Jason up to? You know what? He's in uh, Saskatoon. He's there yeah. with his family, and he's a commodities trader or commodities broker in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Well, he's the smart one out of the three of us. He, he's making money. You and I are spending it like crazy uh, here in uh, here in Vegas. You've seen, you've seen him. You know that's not true. Yeah, you know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hung out with him a little bit. We went to the same high school for a little bit, so it's uh, it's all good. Um, how how do um, how do you go about? picking your choice on where to go for this destination game? Because you mentioned the different places that you guys have taken the game. Yeah, you know what? We really uh, we are looking for vacation destinations. We're looking for tourism cities and places that our fans want to go. So, you know, when it, uh, when it came time to select the location for this year's game, we absolutely wanted to come back to Las Vegas after being here at the uh, smaller Orleans Arena in 2018 and Vegas is a really special place for us because of the Engelstead family. So Ralph and Betty Engelstead, who donated the money and built our arena in Grand Forks, and Ralph, a, a proud UND alum. It's really a special place for us. So we, we kind of get to kill two birds with one stone. We get to come to their hometown and bring a game to them and do it in uh, the most iconic entertainment uh, mecca in the world, right? So pretty easy decision for us this time. We had Brad on yesterday, and we were talking about the facility uh, back home. Can you give us a couple, two or three examples? And that that uh, is uh, really cutting it short because there's so many great attributes uh, to the to the building, but some of the things that, that uh, would stand out if somebody went, went there. Yeah, I mean, the things we always say, right? Granite floors with leather seats, a cherry wood armrest, <laughs> um, just kind of an unmatched fan experience terms of uh, our building and then when you talk about the development opportunities for our players or our student athletes you know we've got a 13,000 square foot weight room with a cryo chamber and a high altitude room that they can train in and all kinds of uh, tools that they can use to develop themselves so those are probably the highlights that we're most proud of. That's wild the, 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 the granite floor like that that thing stands out mm. with the logo and everything on there like it just it blows you away. Yeah, it's uh, granite floors with brass inlays throughout both the upper and main concourse and the stairwells. And, you know, from the seat on the glass to the seat up in the rafters, every one of them is padded leather. You know, there's more people on your floor at wherever, whatever hotel you're staying at here than in your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what, the uh, the roots of the game are still back in places like the Bozeman Arena, but uh, T-Mobile and Ralph Engelstead Arena are pretty nice. Uh, that's true, but the Bozeman Arena is is colder inside than it is outside in the middle of winter. I can I can confirm that. Yeah, I doubt uh, I doubt many of our listeners here today would know the difference between natural and artificial ice. But, no, uh, <laughs> that may be for another day. You can uh, go in on that one there. <laughs> hey, Joe, uh, thanks, and I can't wait to hook up with you uh, over the course of the next uh, three days. Going to be a ton of fun watching uh, you guys experience the National Hockey League environment, and then uh, being exposed to uh, the college uh, product uh, on Saturday night. Really, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. 
Hey, thanks a lot for having me, and I apologize for uh, running a few minutes late here on you. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you at the ring. No, it, le- it, it let me yell at Chapman a couple of times, so it was perfect. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I get to yell at Chapman, mm-hmm. and we get to have a great guest on. Is, is Isn't there any, that cool? Is there anybody you don't know? Nope. Okay. Nope. Got it. When you said yesterday you were having uh, Jody Hudson, yeah. I'm like, I wonder if that's any relation. Right. And sure enough, mm-hmm. did a little bit of digging. Did you? Now, Jody's the brother mm-hmm. uh, of, of Jason, the one that I played with, right. played against uh, growing up. Uh, but seriously, our family's super tight. Uh, mm-hmm. Used to build each other uh, when we were... 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, that kind of thing, playing uh, bantam and, and, and midget hockey. And then uh, Jason and I got to, to play together for a little bit uh, in Dauphin. And it all comes together. Like Brad yesterday, yeah. Jody today, you guys, this I'm been... telling you, it's two degrees of separation. Yeah. And and, um, and Bozeman, where, where Jody's from, mm-hmm. Bozeman, Manitoba, when we were about 10, they had a biffy burning celebration i, I so don't biffy burning know a what that biffy means. is an outdoor water closet so you used to if you didn't have if you didn't have indoor okay plumbing yeah. all that kind of stuff you had the outdoor water closet so it was an outhouse right okay you could have just said outhouse i was wanted to keep it classy got it so bozeman finally got all the running water everything the sewer all yep. that kind of stuff yep so about 1979-80 we had the big biffy burning celebration up in bozeman yep where lit them on fires which nice. w- which was great good big celebration we were in the big times mm-hmm. uh, and bozeman's probably about five and a half hours northwest of winnipeg straight north of brandon uh in and around there uh so it's uh it it's a great farming community. It's awesome stuff, but uh, that is that is small town Canadiana right there. Mm-hmm. Biffy burning. Biffy burning. I learn something yeah. new every day. Yeah, I'm We're glad I know that. Yeah, a lot of cook insurance, cooking son insurance. If you ever need in Canada, you need insurance, go buy my cousins, mm. Curtis and Kent. They'll set you up. It totally awesome. sounds like it's on the up and Swan up. River, Manitoba, yep. just outside of Swan River, Manitoba, as Bozeman, Manitoba. There you go. Uh, just wanted to prove to you guys, didn't want to give you that big heads up, but uh, the, that the, when you're in Canada and you're involved in the game of hockey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know almost everybody. Yeah. No, I, cross paths. I, I can tell that. You know mm-hmm. everyone. It's awesome. And, and salt of the earth people, too. Yeah. He'll be... He'll be hammered tonight. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's he's still he's still salt of the earth. Listen, you've got a couple of days until the game. Yeah, take advantage of. They're it. gonna have fun tonight. <laughs> They're gonna enjoy tomorrow, <laughs> and then they play. Well, the team will be a little more reserved tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We talked to Brad mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, being able to go to that National Hockey League game between Vegas and Anaheim, and then they'll be ready to go on Saturday night. They're going to practice over at City National Arena, I believe, or Lifeguard Arena. One, I can't remember which facility they're using, but they're going to uh, be able to experience the pro hockey, whether it's the Silver Knights or the Vegas School of the Knights uh, style of uh, of getting things done and then, and then play a big game. And Vegas, with two big games going on as well, uh, the Anaheim game will be will be a challenge. Now, you asked me the other day about San Jose being a trap game. Yeah. It wasn't because of everything that was going on around Phil and the yeah. the motivation to make sure that that was a, a big night. I won't go as far as to say tomorrow is a trap game against Anaheim, 
But you want to make sure that you get that one and you don't go out in the road on any kind of stubbing, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. I mean, anything can happen Sunday. Tomorrow's a really big one to, to lock down. No, I, I think it's a it's an incredibly important game for the Golden Knights. Uh, with Anaheim, like, we know what their team is, right? We We know there's... Some really good, talented young hockey players on that team, but John Gibson is is typically going to see a lot of rubber. They're not going to defend to defend particularly well, and for the Golden Knights, it's about not looking past this Anaheim Ducks team. Like, there's enough talent that could burn you, and you don't want to look to look past them to Winnipeg mm-hmm. on the weekend. Like, the Golden Knights have to go in; they've got to play to their identity tomorrow. And and it's an interesting game in, in that it's an early start time, but it's an awkward start time. I'm curious to see how the how the Golden Knights open the game tomorrow. I'm interested to see what their start's going to look like. You know what you got to do tomorrow is you got to kick somebody while they're down. I agree. Yeah. That's as, as weird as that sounds, as mean as that sounds, that's what you got to do tomorrow. Yeah. You got to make sure that you keep them pinned to the ground while they're struggling. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with uh, that Arizona story and a little bit, uh, uh, a couple of other news and notes from the National Hockey League storylines that uh, we've been tracking with John Shannon on the other side. It's Hockey Night in Canada's very own on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Got a dozen on the frozen floor tonight. Detroit against Boston. That one's going to be fun. Florida, Philadelphia. Interesting game. One team's off to a great start. The other one's expected to be really good. Then you've got Seattle at home to Vancouver. Vancouver has one. Here's our good friend John Shannon from the Bob McCowan podcast. How how should I introduce you? Author, extraordinaire, former executive producer, hockey in Canada podcast host it's it gets a little long after a while well why don't you just use my name well i could do that but i try to make you sound really important uh that it won't work it, it'll never happen how are book sales uh well i i, I don't know I, I sold it to all my friends so i'm plus seven <laughs> are you <laughs> <laughs> um I want to ask you what the best story in the book is, but I want to loop back to that in just a little bit. Uh, is there is there pressure on Vancouver to win this game tonight, or stuff happens? I, I don't think that there's pressure tonight, uh, although I, I think that there would be a lot of embarrassment if they lose to Seattle. Remember, they got Pittsburgh coming in tomorrow night on a back-to-back. It's a really tough schedule for them uh, as the Penguins go in their western swing. Um, I, I truly think you have to wait another month. I know that's hard to believe if you're following the Canucks, but you know we're only seven games into this. I know. You know this is and 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 the Pacific Division. There isn't anybody seven and zero. Oh. Um, this is this is a if you're a team that's struggling, this is a good division to be in right now. Um, and and I I think that you know they they. They haven't had any breaks, and you, you know the teams. You know you, you create your own luck, um, and and their best players haven't been very good. You know, Thatcher Demko hasn't been as good as he was last year. Uh, you know, the, you know, Bo Horvat hasn't been good. Pedersen hasn't been good, and they they don't have. They might have the worst defense in the Pacific Division too, and I think that's that's probably their biggest issue. 
just the, the the messages coming out of Vancouver are a little mixed uh, from management. Jimmy was not happy on Saturday night on After Hours with Scott and uh, John Garrett at Jimmy Rutherford. And uh, Patrick Alvin yesterday tried to almost calm that. Uh, I, I don't know which message is, is the right one. Well, listen, um, playing in a Canadian market is as difficult anyway. And Vancouver, for some reason, is even tougher, um, probably because the Canucks are on such a pedestal in the marketplace compared to the other sports. It, it, and, and so everybody is just absolutely hyper at every move uh, that the hockey club makes. Um, and, and the pressure that's been put on. Remember, this, this was a team that, that, you know, fired its general manager, hired a new manager and president, hired a new coach, and then almost made the playoffs after a horrific start last year. Mm-hmm. And they're ready to bail out now? I, I just don't see it. I don't think Rutherford's prepared to bail yet. I don't think Galvin's prepared to bail yet. And even though the fans are clamoring for something, uh, I, I think it's way too early for anything to happen. When you when you look at this team, like where where does the blame lie? Is it is it roster construction? Is it coaching? Is it just the players not finding a way? Or are are they really a team that should be outside the playoffs to begin with? Listen, I had them fighting with with Vegas, uh, to be honest, um, for that third spot, and I think a lot of people did. I, I think that we took stock in what the team did under Bruce Boudreau, you know, twenty games over five hundred. That they were that they were in a good spot, uh, but it certainly it certainly hasn't proven to be that way. But guys, come on, it's so early. Um, that that's the thing that you just have to you know the key word is being patient, and I think that uh, that Jimmy Rutherford is and his crew of people are going to be patient at this point. Yeah. But they do have listen. The team has flaws. It's not good defensively. And then when Quinn Hughes is hurt, I mean, it's, it, it, it's exacerbated. So they have a lot of issues to deal with. Well, I hope you're right, because I would love to see uh, them get the chance to dig their way out of this before there's any change uh, because of our buddy Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, on the subject of coaching, though, there was an interesting comment made by Barry Trotz, the Cam Strick podcast. Nowhere near as good as your podcast, by the way. Uh, Although I tell you what, that Cam Jansen's a better podcastor than he was a hockey player. <laughs> I remember covering him in junior. That's uh, I remember. Yeah, that's how far back you and I go. Uh, so Barry says the, the coaching an original six team uh, would intrigue him because he's never coached an original six team. You start looking around, and there's really only one original six team that would be in any position to to make any type of change in the next little bit. Did did he? Stub his toe on this? Is he trying to stir the waters on this? Which I doubt he would be, but I don't know. Uh, where where does this come from? Uh, well, first of all, you uh, you you know Barry well. Barry has always been very media savvy, and and always media available. So here he is. He's, he's splitting his time between the interior of British Columbia and, and Nashville. Um, and at this time of year, your bi- your biological clock starts to tick about, I, you know, I'm involved in hockey. I should be involved in hockey. So when people phone and ask them and say, well, what turns your crank? Well, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be an original six coach. Um, 
you know, so I, I think from and and when he, you see coaches, Luke Richardson, does he have uh, Trotz's resume? No. Jim Montgomery, Trotz's resume? No. I think that I think the human nature. Marty St. Louis had no says, resume. <laughs> what's that? Marty St. Louis had no resume. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was friends of friends. Yeah, uh, you know that as well as I do. The three of those guys, the three of those guys in, in Montreal, the general manager, the you know the executive vice president Marty, they were all living in Connecticut, having a good time. Their kids were all playing hockey together too. So it's like Hangover. Um, three best friends we ever had. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Last week it was dancing. This week it's singing. We got to stop. <laughs> He's this fired up today. I don't know what it is. Oh well, and who and why not? Um, anyway, it, I I I just think when the the Maple Leafs, everybody expected the Maple Leafs to be really good, better than a four and three record right now. Some of their stars aren't really performing at you know at peak uh, performance like Austin and Mitch Marner, and so everybody's looking for to blame somebody. And right now it's Sheldon Keith, and then. And then Barry goes and says this, and two and two equals five. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's a strong five. Yeah, well, it, but it's, it, again, it's that damn Canadian market thing. Hmm. Like, you know, for a lot of people here, there's no life other than hockey. And this, is, this, this, becomes, this becomes so important to them that their hockey team isn't what it should be. And, that, and you know that. You've, you've felt that. You've lived that. You know, that's, that's one of the... That's the, one of the great things about being a Canadian hockey fan, and it's also one of the perils of being a Canadian hockey fan. I was regaling the guys with a couple of stories about uh, weird setups in National Hockey League rinks, yeah. and this is playing off of uh, the pipe and drapes for the locker rooms in Arizona at Mullet Arena this weekend. Uh, is it for both teams at Mullet no. Arena? No. So uh, Arizona's is done? It's ready? No, it's not. Neither dressing rooms are ready okay. for, for the Coyotes or the visiting team. So what has happened for this weekend, for the four games that the Coyotes are going to play, they're going to use Arizona State's dressing room. Oh, they got permission to do that? Yes. Oh, okay. That has happened. I was told that yesterday. Um, they are using part of the community rink as the visiting room for these four games, and hopefully by the time the Coyotes return from their 14-game <laughs> road trip, everything's going to be finished but it's it's still not ideal you know they you know there's there's they're going to have to walk outside from the dressing rooms inside to the new arena and it's only going to seat 5,000 but I, I think there's hope that by the end of November we're going to know one way or the other that Tempe City Council has approved the new arena I think the vote's the 29th of November uh, and uh, perhaps we'll only have to worry about this for three or four years what what happens in the event that they don't approve the new arena? See, that's a that's a, a question that uh, if you know anything about what's happened in Arizona the last twenty five years, you just don't know. I mean, <laughs> you'd think that that would be the the last nail in no. the coffin, Ryan. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the the Morello Group have another plan for another arena somewhere else. There's too much at stake for this to just go away or be sold to another city. What's the weirdest setup you ever experienced? Was it the Thunderdome in Tampa, uh, the fairgrounds in Tampa, the Corral in uh, Calgary? The, the Calgary Corral was something special. The boards, right? The boards were like so. The boards at T-Mobile are probably about 48 inches high. Mm. 
Uh, next time you're there, go measure them. Um, at the corral, they were 56 inches. And so that extra six inches, if you had a player jump over the boards, there's a good chance he cracked an ankle. <laughs> it, they were so high. I mean, if you had a small player, you, you could barely see him over the top of the boards. I, I think the strangest one was the Cow Palace. Oh, where yes. the Sharks played their first year, yes. and, and they weren't even in San Jose. They were in, they, and they weren't even in San Francisco. They were actually in Daly City, which is a city within San Francisco. And the Cow Palace reeked of manure because <laughs> it, it was the Cow Palace. It was built for ro- you know was being run for rodeo. That was the old San Francisco Seals used to play. It held about ten thousand, and, and like Chicago Stadium, both teams had to walk upstairs to go to the. The ice rink and the 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 the, uh, the, the stands that were the, the seating area was sloped so badly that you you really didn't have a good view of the arena. It was it was as strange a place to do a hockey game that I've ever done in my life. And you broadcast it out there? Yeah, with uh, with my favorite team, the Minnesota North Stars. Ah, <laughs> that that was the. Normally, I feel sorry for the production people in the truck because they're in this cramped space and it's uh, crazy where you're you're all on top of each other. That would have been good in the, in the Cow Palace, but although some of that smell, that aroma would have seeped in. Uh, what was the place? Was in Tampa where I don't know whether it was Fred Shiro. I want to say Fred, but it maybe not have been Fred. Where somebody went outside and got. Oh locked. no, that was in Atlanta at the Omni. Oh, was in Atlanta, where he got outside and and couldn't get back in for the game. Yeah, so so Fred Shiro is at this at this point was coaching the New York Rangers, and and Fred was a chain smoker. So before the game and after the warm up, and he had said his three words to his team. He, <laughs> three words. He, he, oh, he's a very, very low key guy. Everything great instruction, but low key. He uh, he decided to go for a walk, and he had to have he had to smoke. So he he opened an, an exit door, went outside, um, and and went for a cigarette. And then when he went back, the door was locked. So he had to walk walk up to the main door of the old uh, Omni Arena in Atlanta, and he said, well, I'm the coach of the visiting team, and they said, prove it, and he couldn't. <laughs> so they thought he was telling the story just to try to get into the arena free, but finally somebody found him and brought him back in, and he coached the Rangers that night. Oh, that is good. Did you ever do a game out of the Thunderdome when, when Tampa played out of the, the baseball facility? No, I, I didn't. I, I, I was actually I was in one of my sojourns when I was... Um, Doing Olympics. Oh wow, that that was a flex right there. Mm. I couldn't do it because I was doing the Olympics. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. What's the outside world's take on the six and two Golden Knights? Well, first of all, I want to apologize because uh, I was one of those guys, and I, I I said it lots of places that I thought the the Achilles heel to the Golden Knights was going to be goaltending. Um, and Logan Thompson, to me, has become one of the top five stories in hockey in the NHL. When you consider, uh, you know, after his junior career, uh, and he takes his, his uh, Canadian junior scholarship, goes to Brock University, which is about 60 miles from where I'm speaking from right now, uh, and continues to work at his craft and turns it around and becomes as good as he has become, uh, and 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 really told all of us doubters that we don't know what we're talking about. It's a hell of a story. And the other thing I think when you saw, when you watched him the other night against the Maple Leafs, what you saw was a lot more team speed than you saw before. And this is a team that's not afraid to clog up the middle. And I think a lot of people are saying, "Hey, 
baby, Vegas is back. You better watch out. Now, there were certainly, uh, uh, and it was an important 24 hours for Phil Kessel. Um, you know, tying and then setting the Ironman streak, scoring his 400th career NHL goal. Um, twice. As, as, yeah, twice. 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 <laughs> as, as you, is that the most fitting way for Phil to score 400? Well, just, if you mean just, just the fact that he just, you know, was streaking down the, the side and used the great shot? Is and it? then did it, but did it but twice, did it too. twice, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, isn't that typical Phil? You know, yeah. I mean, those of us that have, you know, and I don't know Phil Kessel. I mean, he wouldn't know, he wouldn't know me if, he, if I, I walked up and shook his hand. But I have, I have spent a lot of time marveling at his ability to pass the puck. Um, and, and I talked to many guys that are in and around the game that said that um, Phil Kessel is one of the great physical specimens of the game. And they do it without tongue-in-cheek because very few athletes could play the game with that extra 8 to 10 pounds. Very few guys could do it and do it so well. This guy is an elite athlete, maybe one of the best of all time. And when you consider the testicular cancer that he had in his first year and a half in Boston, to be able to fight through that uh, and, and then come back and play for what is it? Thirteen consecutive seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly, an amazing feat of an athlete uh, who obviously loves the game of hockey as much as Phil does. And that, because that love of the game to us in the media or to a lot of it, it doesn't come through really if you sit and talk to him. It doesn't come through that he loves the game, but obviously he loves the game. Well, he doesn't want to sit and talk to us, and, and that's fair. Uh, oh, yeah, there's lots of people, but that, but uh, that, that's his prerogative. That's the most uncomfortable part, uh, the worst part about playing professional sports for Phil. But he get around the room. You saw it in the in the celebration in the dressing room after the the pictures and the the video that they posted. This guy is beloved. He's played eight games for them. Yeah, I yeah I know it is it, it is remarkable. I what I love most about Phil is and and I, every time I see uh, him play whatever team he's playing for, I marvel at his warm up. Right, mm-hmm. come on the ice. Take two shots, stand at the boards, get off the ice. <laughs> That's it. If you go to T-Mobile and watch the game, no, nobody is more efficient with his energy in the warm-up than Phil Kessel. I don't think he would go out there if he wasn't forced to go out there. <laughs> I, think, I, I think he's one of those guys that says, I don't need a warm-up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Evolve or Die. That's the name of the book uh, by John Shannon. It's uh, it's available on Amazon everywhere uh, now? Yes, Amazon.com. Yeah, it is out there. It's, uh, it's, it's priced better in America than it is in Canada. So. It, it seriously <laughs> is priced better, or is it just because yes. of the exchange? Price is better. Okay. Don't ask me why. Um, why didn't I get to do the forward? Nobody did the forward. Well, why didn't I get to do the forward? Oh, no, because I didn't want a forward like that. I wanted mm. to do it. I, I, I did this all by myself, Darren. I, I wrote it, and uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, and for anybody that uh, is a listener that uh, wondered what the heck would it be uh, about, it's about you know 45 to 46 years in the game of hockey and in television. And if you're a TV nerd, what we did to Hockey Night in Canada and some of the great people I met along the way. Did you settle any scores like I would have in a book? Like I, I would take runs of people all over the place if I ever wrote a book. Uh, there's a few people that won't be happy with. Me. <laughs> yes. How's that? <laughs> that? That's awesome. Uh, you. Are... <laughs> 
Uh, how's our buddy Rick Bonus doing? Uh, He's doing okay. okay. Hold on for a second. I'll be right there. Okay. I got to do another interview here. Okay. Uh, anyway, Rick's doing okay. Uh, he's the second uh, bout of COVID is uh, it's hit him hard, yeah. uh, but at 68 years old, you have to learn how to how to go through it. But thank goodness the team's playing better. So evolve or die. Uh, I'm going to pick up my coffee through Amazon.com. Thanks, John. Good to see you guys. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Thank you, John. He never says that to me. I don't know why. No, I know. I know. Never says that to me, yeah. John Shannon. Uh, and and here's I want to just want to go back to the start of the interview. What happened when we got John on the on the phone? What Chapman, happened? Chapman called him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Chapman called John. Okay. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, John. Yes. He's very surprised. Okay. The, our first guest today. Ring, 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 ring. Jody. Why are you always surprised <laughs> that the person answers the phone it's when not, you call them? It's not surprise. It's just the way I speak. No. Wallace picks up on this, not just me. Yeah, but it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, it's not it's not you, a surprise. You seem genuinely surprised in how you in how you said the the name John. John? John. But then you no, were no, no, really no, it, was, it wasn't John. No. If it was, it was John, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It was John. <laughs> Inquisitive tone. <laughs> But no, then you really like John because he called you sir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not worthy of being sir. So when someone as highly regarded as John refers to me as sir, I I take that as a as a point of pride. Evolve or die is the name of the book, and I've read a few chapters because he would send them to me along the way. There's some funny stuff in there, and this goes. Some of the stories are very modern, mm-hmm. very recent. Mm-hmm. Some of the stories go back to. Bobby Hull being uh, an analyst. Not Bobby Hull playing, yeah. but Bobby Hull trying his hand at being an analyst. And let's just say mm-hmm. he didn't put a lot of prep into it. Sure. But the stories about how John tells, that John tells about getting Bobby through games, yeah. basically talking him through games, being uh-huh. an analyst, yeah. is off the charts funny. Considering Bobby's a Hall of Famer right. and and one of the greatest uh, uh, developers of the game, and, uh, guys that uh, changed the game with mm-hmm. with the clapper and and, and so forth, uh, the curve stick, uh, like it's it's really neat how how John tells these stories. So evolve or die. I like the fact that he's he's going to take some runs. It's fantastic. Uh, the, yeah. If, I, I like how you say if I, I I would take runs if I could in a book like like you don't take runs whenever you have an opportunity. Oh no, you if if I wrote a book, <laughs> it would be worse. Yeah. Oh wow. Could I get to sit down and really think about Darren's it? Darren's a freight train here. Yeah. Notice he would only do it in print and wouldn't do it like I on do the it all ice the time. Or, or, no, no, like no, I don't hold back. You, he's, he's not. He's since not when do I hold back? Well, you, you don't hold back with me or with Wallace, but like I would imagine if there was. I don't know, hypothetically, a, a, a former player who you wouldn't take a run at him. Oh, I... We'll take a break, but <laughs> I, I was going to use an example. I will hold back on that one, uh, former player. Oh, when we continue, oh, we'll set up hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You must feel almost partly Canadian today. 
after Joey Hodgson, Bozeman, Manitoba to start, and John Shannon talking about coaching in the Canadian market and how different it is. It's going to start saying sorry a lot. A? No. Just a? sorry. Uh, a, 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 a slips hey, into your vocabulary and you don't even know you're saying it anymore. Really? Sorry is the same word. It's a. just we say it differently. I just, I don't, I don't hear A that much. Oh, yeah. Uh, a. Trust me, my kids point it out all the time. You've said it more in this three minutes a. than you have at any point in time over the last three years. Have you watched Bob and Doug McKenzie? No. Ever watched Strange Brew? Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah, you gotta no. you gotta watch that. No, You'll, it'll it'll seep right into your bones, especially the hockey scene. One of the greatest hockey games of all time. No, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> oh, big brawl. Really? Some nastiness. Huh. In the Mike Leup masks. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. I like it. No, I, I, I know you're being you, serious. You can't go wrong with it. It's good. I, it's good. I, I'm the good. scene where he has to drink all the uh, the beer out of the vat. That's mm-hmm. pretty, there's, yeah. there's next to no reason why I want to watch this. Canadiana dream right there. <laughs> I'm stuck in a vat. I have to drink the beer yes. to get out. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of uh, action to bring you up today, and there's some cool stories happening tonight in the NHL. We will get to that in one-timers and hour number two. But up next, uh, more on the VGK. Uh, looking ahead to their weekend against Anaheim and Winnipeg, you'll hear from head coach Bruce Cassidy on the way in Fox Sports Las Vegas.